everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, and journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture, and we are finishing up First John in this episode and talking through a bunch of things from testing the spirits to overcoming the world and glorifying God, and we even touch on prayer. So there's a little bit of everything in this one. We are really glad that you're here, and we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Kara, here we are. Here we are here we again. Are. I feel like my brain still hurts well, from last week's episode. <laughs> well, I can understand that. And probably everyone that's joining in on our conversation is like, what are they going to do today? Yeah, how are they going to confuse how, us how, this week? Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which we so did leave anyway, off on a question I, about, I'm trying to remember about Jesus and flesh and spirit and stuff. Well, we are saying there was a difference between our oh, flesh, yeah, and Jesus' flesh, which was born of man. That was, you know, Adam through Adam's sin. Jesus was born of, is God, and he was uh, born of Mary, who was no sin. No. Uh, nope. That, that is not, not true. true. So Jesus <laughs> was, yes, Jesus was born sinless because the Holy Spirit was put right. in he was not conceived. to the womb of Mary. Right. That's right. Out of the natural right. ways. We are conceived out of the natural So that's man. why, and yeah, when you said Jesus' flesh is different than our flesh, that's why. It's because he was not conceived through a man and a woman. That's right. The Holy Spirit, Mary was pregnant through the Holy Spirit, putting Jesus into her womb. And I know that that's very confusing, so I'm glad you really brought that up right at the very beginning because it is really hard to understand. But because we, as children of Adam, out of the sin nature, we are born with the ability to sin. Our, we're born of the flesh of Adam. So would it have been possible for Jesus to sin? It says that God does not tempt us to sin, nor is he able to sin. Now, so is it really that miraculous that he didn't sin, even though he had flesh? He had the temptation, but because of the fact that he is God, sin has no attraction to him. Where, so how could he be tempted us, if it wasn't attracted? He was tempted, but he did not sin right. because he is God and he has the power to overcome but sin. But we don't have but the power it, to overcome sin. Before we we do now because we have his spirit within us. But it is very clear in scripture that it says that Jesus was tempted in all the ways that we are, but with he did not sin. He it was not given into the sin. He had the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, because He is holy, to empower Him not to do it like we do now as a follower of Jesus. We have the Spirit within us that keeps us from 
the power of sin, not the presence of sin. We obviously have the presence of sin all around us, but that's what Romans 6 talks about is the fact that we have the Holy Spirit within us that has given us the power not to yield into the temptation because Jesus' spirit is holy. He did not sin. He was tempted to sin, but he did not sin. Now, whether or not... He did not have the same flesh patterns as we do. So we have the flesh patterns that is drawn to sin, which is talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You know, which so his temptation was different than our temptation. I think that his temptation was really difficult for him in the fact that when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the garden at the very beginning. I mean, I'm sorry. When Jesus was tempted, at when he, you know, came oh, in the wilderness, baptism, right? You know, yeah. That the temptation that that Satan gave to Jesus was about, if you will bow down before me, I'll give you all the things of the world, and that would have been sidetracked to have taken at that moment his reign as kingdom, because the world is controlled by Satan right now. And so that was a temptation for Jesus not to go to the cross, to set up his kingdom right there and not go to the cross, but to have at that moment, the temptation was that Jesus would rule over that period of time, over that world that he knew it now, that he knew it then. Now the world is different and, you know, the disciples spread and now we have believers all over the world, where at that moment, at that time, that temptation to Jesus that was given by Satan was to say, right now, I own this world. And if you will bow down, I'll let you be the king of this world right now, this part of the king. And Jesus knew that he was going to the cross is why he came, so that he could pay for the sins of all the world now, not just when the disciples, not right. when he was just there on earth. And so the temptation was a little bit different because we're not, well, we're, we are tempted to try to be our own God, don't get me wrong, but we're not tempted to be able to have our own kingdom. We're not, you know, we're not God. And I think that we are tempted in the same ways based on the lust of the flesh, you know, the lust of the eyes and those kind of things. But I feel I felt like, you know, when I think about the temptation Jesus went through is the fact that he was tempted to bypass the cross mm-hmm. by worshiping Satan. Mm-hmm. We today have that temptation to follow after Satan, which is what John 4 and 5 is talking mm-hmm. about, is about the world. Like, don't, you know, you just because you're in the world, don't let the world mm-hmm. be in you. So one more quick, like, question or clarification would we, because we have this, like as believers, we have the Holy Spirit, would we be able to be sinless, like in terms of choice? Like, do you think that we could, or it's not even possible for us? Like, we do have choice in terms of sin, like we have those sins, but because we are born of Adam's seed and born of flesh in the terms of man and woman, like, would it even be possible? I think... It could not be possible. Yeah, that's I think what I was thinking too. That I think we've been given the power. Like there it's are like a principle, right? Like there are. We've sins. been given. 
I mean, we've been given the power. We've been given God's power, Jesus' Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit. He's given us the power not to sin. So we, I guess, if you just like think of it that way, it is not. It's not humanly. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I'm tracking. I don't, and maybe, maybe no one else is, but I'm tracking where I feel like I, there are sins that we choose to, like you're saying, like we have a choice, but we be, always have but a because we were born into Adam and Eve, and that's the seed of Adam, we are born into a sinful flesh. That doesn't mean that we have no hope to, because of the Holy Spirit, like we have mm-hmm. the ability to withstand and not choose sin. But there's also, it's kind of like we can't really, reprim- I don't know, for some reason, like I'm tracking, it makes sense to, not make sense, like I fully understand it, but I'm like, I understand the concept of like, we were born into this f- sinful flesh, but we also, as believers, because I think that's where the choice is, like I've chosen to be a believer, I've chosen to follow Jesus and I have the Holy Spirit, so I also can choose not to sin but there's also a part of that where it's like, I can't not. So here's the thing. So when you're born again, you're born again from the Spirit. You're not born again from the flesh. So that was when Nicodemus came to Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, how can I enter into my mother's womb and be born again? Right. That was not what Jesus was talking about. He said, right. you got to be born of the Spirit. So when we, as believers and followers of Jesus, accepts the payment and the atonement of our sin that Jesus did, we are born again. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus died for our sins and that he paid for our sins. He's the perfect lamb. It's like both and. takes it's away like, the yeah. blood. So yes. we have both births. So, so we have the, no, weird, we but. have the Holy Spirit within us that well, is I'm now. Because yeah. we didn't have, we we were away from God. So we didn't have, our spirit was dead. You remember when right. Jesus God told Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of the fruit, you'll die. Right. They didn't die in their Physically, flesh. Right, their spirit. They died spiritually, and they walked away from God. So they sinned. So when we're born again, it's born of spirit. So we have the power within us, because we have the Holy Spirit, to not choose to ever sin. Right, but because but because we, of our flesh. Right, right. And because being, we've experienced it, and because we're having to deal with our patterns, a way that we've done over the years, our struggle, right. Paul calls it, as we talked about last week, the you know the struggle, the things I really want to do, which is of the Spirit, I don't do. But the things that I don't want to do, I do, which is of the flesh, I do. So right. it's like there's this conflict within us. But it also says in Chapter 8 of Romans, but thanks to God, we have the Holy Spirit. So here's the issue. Here's the thing. When we are born again, because we've trusted and we put our faith in Jesus Christ as Messiah, we are given His Spirit, Jesus' Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us. Right. But because we haven't died and gotten our heavenly body, and because Jesus hasn't come back, we still have to deal with the old body that we're living in. It is called the flesh. And that is what was going to die. That our flesh dies. Our spirit lives forever. So we go into the grave. Our body's going to decay. That's the flesh. But when we say the flesh so often, it's just things that we struggle with, and which just talks about 
like you know, overcoming our the passions world and, and our desires yeah. and overcoming our desires and the lust and all those. Those are our passions. Those are our things that are emotions. Now, even though we've been given the power not to sin, we have not been taken away from the presence of sin. So the presence of sin is all around us. Well, that's the and world, because, right? Yes. And because we've tasted of that in our flesh, sometimes our desires in our flesh sometimes draws us fleshly to some of those things that we should not do that is opposite of what God would want us to do. That is the struggle within us. So then we find ourselves going toward the world, wanting to love the things of the world, wanting to be like the world. And then the Holy Spirit convicts us and say, no, no, no. Remember, you're my child. And my child doesn't protect. They're not supposed to be like the world. And so then the Holy Spirit convicts us. And so then we have the power that moment to choose to say, no, I don't want to go that way. And a lot of people think they don't have that power. They think that the desires and the lust of the flesh is so strong that they don't have that power. And I think that's why it's very, very important that they study the role of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is to guide them into truth and to empower them to live the life that God has asked us to live. So I don't know if that's very confusing, but that very much is in 4 and 5, 1 John 4 and 5. Yeah, well, it says that in 5, where I was just reading in 5, 4, it says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And that is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Like our faith in Jesus overcomes the world. And like, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Mm-hmm. And I mean, in our defense, and, this is really confusing, but we're just the we messenger. Really, we're yeah. not. <laughs> we don't run it. <laughs> This was not our, we did not come up with all this. Like it is, and I think that is part of, we've mentioned this in multiple episodes of like the mystery, the mystery of God. Like there's like the spiritual world, I think is really hard to wrap our minds around because we can't see it. We don't see our spirit. We don't see our soul. We don't see Mm -hmm. the spiritual battle raging around us. You know, like it's so hard to understand. And so that's where I think it goes back to, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to, okay, help me understand or see this, to see this truth. If it is, because obviously like our heart and the heart of John is not to trip up or confuse. And so I think if this is something that's, you know, difficult to understand, or if it's, you know, if it's becoming something that's tripping someone up that's listening, it's like, ask the Holy Spirit to bring some clarity or, you know, ask someone that you trust who may help you know, bring some clarity or whatever, because that's definitely not our hearts. I will say this. One of the reasons John was writing 1 John 2nd and 3rd was to warn the believers, because he was going to go to Patmos, he was about to die, to watch out for false teaching and false thinking. And so what we're doing and what we're, why we even do the podcast is to take these scriptures that come to our minds and we talk about them it is up to the Holy Spirit to guide them into truth, not me and you. I mean, for the love, we don't True, need right. to yes. guide ourselves. Right. <laughs> but it does say that, you know, Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and that every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. So he's talking about that, you know, the spirit of the Antichrist, meaning there are going to be things 
teaching and people that's going to come in that's going to guide them away from God, away from Christ. It's the Antichrist is someone that's against Jesus. So they're going to go against the teaching of Jesus. It's going to go against mm-hmm. the life of Jesus, the purpose of right. Jesus, and all and of that. And part of what he, like you're saying, is there's confusion. Like I, I know we have yes. said, I've said this to, you know, my nieces or anyone that I've like mentored or, or friends even. It's like God is not mm-hmm. a, he is not a God of confusion. And sometimes he allows maybe some like, I don't want to say confusion, but maybe he allows some like questioning or whatever in order to yes. bring us closer to him or, or or in order to bring, you know, like clarity of maybe what path we should go on or whatever. But the Lord is not a God of confusion. So if you're confused, like there is, the enemy is in that trying to, you know, trip you Take up. Take you away again, from God. Right. But again, the Lord can use that and, you know, like you said, like bring clarity and bring understanding as much as possible. We were not going to understand everything, but... I think that the thing that God is not a God of confusion, because we see, you know, how orderly the world is and how He created it and everything, but He's very clear in His teaching. We don't understand because we don't have the mind of Christ. Right, that's what I mean. We're not going to be able to understand it unless we have the Holy Spirit, because it says the natural man does not understand the things of God. There's mystery There are some confusions, and there's some... and, and there are sometimes you just have to say, God, I don't understand this at this point. Right. But the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to but it. But I do think that and, there's a difference in not understanding something and there being a holy mystery to it and versus being confused. I don't know how to explain absolutely. the difference. But I do feel like that. And that's what I'm more, and you as well, are like speaking to is I think the enemy can blur that line. But I, I think that's the difference where it's like, okay, there is a holy mystery and a lack of understanding because we're not God, but if there's confusion, because I think confusion can kind of cause, it's like an unrest, it's frustration. It can, you know what I mean? That I don't know how to, yeah. I don't know. It's like, it well, can you definitely know what cause I, doubt. It definitely can cause doubt and God would never want us to, there's nothing of God that would ever want us to doubt him. Not understanding everything about God and what he says doesn't mean that there won't be some days that you will understand it, and then God will lead you to that. When we talked about First uh, John last week, those three and four, two and three, I mean, we're talking about you fathers and you young men. In the it, we talk about the fathers, you know the truth, you know about God. They are growing in their spiritual walk, and so I think that sometimes our confusion and not our confusions, but our questions and stuff are opportunities for God to grow us in our spiritual right, walk. And so you go to Him. Yeah, and so you go to him and you say, Father, I don't understand this. In time, God will allow the Holy Spirit to enlighten you through his word, or maybe someone's teaching on it, like, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I get that. I understand that. Hopefully somebody will do that on this podcast. But you know, <laughs> we be able to say that what what we really need to really concentrate on is to be very careful about what we do listen to and what we do embrace because one of the things that John is talking about in the last part of his letter is to be careful about false teachers in the world. And the world, when we're talking about the Scripture, it doesn't mean literally the world that's floating around in space. Right. It's talking about it's a Earth. world system. Yeah. Right. It's, not talk- it's talking about a world system that is been given over to the enemy, given over right. to Satan. So there's evil and things that take us away from God. So that that's what I want to say. Yeah, it's and not think, saying the earth or creation, because obviously that is of 
like the Lord created, you know, the mountains and the, you know, but yes, it's. Yeah, it was just beautiful and declares his glory. Right. And shows who he is. But but the world system and the way the world thinks, which is of evil, which Mm -hmm. again, we were talking about the temptation that Jesus, you know, had, um, you know, to bow down before Satan so that Satan could say, I'll give you this, this world. And Jesus talked you know, to the Pharisees, and he would say, you're not of my world, or you're not thinking of the things of God, you're thinking of the things of the world. And I think that for us as believers, what we want to be challenged today is to make sure that even though we're in the world, living here, mm-hmm. our flesh will may sometimes cling to say, oh, that makes, I like the way that thought is, or right. I like that principle, or I like the way, you know, I can really understand this principle or thought, and it may not be of God. Right. That's where you have to test the spirits, which, yeah, is, which in is first um, in John 4 and 5. First John 4 and so, 5, yeah. You know, you got to test the spirit and say, is this of God? And to me, what I've done, I don't know what you've done when you've thought like, is what I'm thinking, is this of God or mm-hmm. not? I try to find and see if I can find it in the scripture. And sometimes you don't, I can't find it in the scripture. So then for me, what I do is, this principle, is it leading me to trust God? Is it leading me to understand God? Is it leading me to love God? Or is this principle more about making me feel good about myself, mm-hmm. make me feel like, you know, I'm con- trying to find a way of thinking that will make me feel happy or, you know, content? And sometimes that's of the world. Sometimes God allows this struggle, these struggles that we have to draw us closer to Him. But once we get closer to Him, we know His thoughts and His ways, and we can know if what we're thinking and the principles that we want to build our lives Mm -hmm. upon, is this a worldly principle or is this a godly principle? There's two kingdoms here. Yeah. I What I have to say about that with the testing of spirits, because I do have a spiritual gift of discernment and that has been tested, for lack of a better word. But I feel like the biggest thing for me with testing of the spirits is patience and not having an idea of how God is going to answer something or what God is going to say. Or, you know, like there's a surrendered patience to it. So it's like, okay, like, is this from you, Lord? Or did you say this, God? And it's leaving it, like surrendering it, leaving it at the foot of Jesus and saying, I'm Mm going to trust that you will show me, you know, like you will help me discern or you will, you know, make it clear if it needs to be clear, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But, and then being patient in that. I mean, that is one of the, you know, fruits of the spirit because it may, it may be years, you know, like, I mean, you always say, you know, it's of God if it comes true or, and sometimes it's not even something to come true, but if it's something that is like approved or, affirmed, you know, whatever it may be. And so mm-hmm. I think that is, for me, that is something that I have, the biggest thing I have learned in testing of the spirits is having that surrendered patience of being like, okay, this is what I feel. Like, I don't know if this is you or the enemy. And so I'm going to trust that you will show me and make it clear in time, you know, whenever that may be. And it may mm-hmm. be the next moment. It may be the next day. It may be in five years, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think, when we were talking about the flesh too, the desires of our hearts, the lust of the flesh, I think that a lot of things of testing the spirit is looking at this and thinking, is this glorifying God or is this making me feel good about myself? Can it make you feel good about yourself even if it is glorifying God? 
No, because obedience will make you feel content. And yeah. it, it, like, I what think, do you mean by feeling good about yourself? I guess is what I'm saying. Like, because I'm I'm in the center of the circle. Right. I, okay, it's yeah, more it's, about me feeling better than it is about me glorifying God. Yeah. I think glorifying you have yourself. To be very careful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that it's like, does this make me look good, feel good? Does people want to applaud me because I'm such a good person here? Or is it that what I do glorifies the Father? That's what Paul said all the time. He said, and Jesus said this too, do your good works so that they would glorify the Father. Don't do good works to glorify yourself. And I think that that's one of the things that's feeding the flesh. A lot of things that we do, I know Personally, there are going to be a lot of things that I thought at one time that I was going to get a reward in heaven for, but I did not. I'm not getting it because I want. I did it because I wanted that person to like me. <laughs> I did it because yeah. You know, and and I I never will forget that aha moment one time. It's like you think you're going to get all these rewards for heaven, but your motivation isn't. Yeah, it's to like it's just nothing but pride and yeah. And I, you know, and here we are in the last book of John, and I I just cannot not go back to John 17. Where it was the high, oh, the high priest, priest prayer, yeah, yes, and he he said, "I pray that the world will not be in them." I know I wish I could take them out of the world, but I w- pray that the world will not be in them. And I think that the world in us is so hard because there are so many things that sounds good and feels good, and we're just so used to, and and people say it over and over again, so it must be God's truth, and it may be totally against God's truth. And he said, "You know." I, I want them to know me and, and how that Jesus was praying. He said, I want, he was talking to God and he said, I want them, I want everybody else to know how close we are and that they can feel the love that you have for them. And I just thought, you know, here he is about to die. And he was so concerned about leaving the disciples and about us and his concern right before he died to die for us, his concern and his prayer was for us. And I think that that's one of the things that we just have to be very careful is to really dig deep and ask the Holy Spirit, like, am I being motivated based on the world's principles and things? And is this about my kingdom or is this about God's kingdom? And, and I think that's a, a hard lesson yeah. for us. Well, I think, too, to it's like out. that goes back to, let's say, if you are having a moment of motivation to you know, pride lifting yourself up. Mm-hmm. That's not, there's no condemnation in that, you know, like that's not, that's just something to be like, oh my gosh, like repenting and turning, you know? And and I think that's where it's like, that doesn't mean, I mean, I know you're saying you won't get any crowns in heaven, but I think that's where it's like, there's just, there's always going to be this tension between flesh and our spirit. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you will get crowns in heaven for those things because. I don't think so, because oh. I don't think. I like you didn't God do it, the like heart. there was no reason at all that you did it for the Lord. I think as I'm saying, like, because I think there can be moments where it's like, well, you I'm know. hoping I'll get some uh, crowns <laughs> in heaven. I think that I've done some things to glorify God and wasn't motivated by self. But I'm talking about the things that God has revealed to me. Yes, like you know you in your really, heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you really did this for right. yourself. And, that's, and those are the things yeah. where it's like, no one, I can't say to you like, oh, you're not going to get any crowns on heaven for that because you did it. It's like, I can't, that's not, that would be an accusation. It's, right. I guess, yeah, it's like you, the Holy Spirit revealing that to you, that's between you and the Lord. And I think that as I've grown in my spiritual level maturity with Him, I've been able to discern and stop you know, while I'm doing something and check my motivation yeah. and check my heart. And and that's what Paul, that's what 
um, John's talking about in the whole entire letter is like, lo- do it because you love him. He loves you. You love him. It's about love. It's that intimacy. When you start doing things just because it's the right thing to do, not because you love God or you want to glorify God, you're just doing it because you were told that's what you're supposed to do, then you're no different than a Pharisee. So The Pharisees did the things that, of the law. Nicodemus came and he said, you know, the rich uh, ruler came and he said, you know, do all the commandments. And the rich young ruler said, I've done all those things. But he didn't know Jesus. And so he was clearly saying there is a difference between what I do and why I do it and the motivation behind it. Yeah. And Jesus said, you know, when he, when he was, everything he would say, he'd say, God, I'm doing this to glorify yourself, to glorify you. I want them to know that you're God. Mm-hmm. Everything he did, everything he did. He said, I want others to know that, that you're God. And well, that's I what he says at the end of First John 5. Mm-hmm. I write these things to yeah. you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Which it does lead me into, this is either going to be another cliffhanger that we go into more next week, even though we weren't planning on talking about first on next week. But I did feel like we should touch on, I mean, we talked about prayer a couple of weeks ago, but, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that we should touch on, but I don't. Is that another episode? <laughs> I think we have talked about this. We have, Actually, but we have, but it's in First John. And, I mean, it's right there in First John five. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm like, okay, well, if we're in First John Let's five, do we, do we want to talk about it or touch on it? I think because we've touched on it on several times about prayer, I think that like, um, how do we know if it's the will? We want it, yeah, it, it's that is according to His will, and and that's why people get tripped up is because. It says, if you pray, ask, and you'll receive. You know, Jesus said, if you ask because you don't, you know, you don't get things because you didn't ask and things like that. So there is an implication, unless you put the whole Bible together, that in the whole principles and truths about prayer together, you're going to get off on a bad theology mm-hmm. and a misunderstanding about prayer and a misunderstanding of the purpose of prayer and things like that. What Jesus is saying and what John is saying, if you do it according to his will, that we can have confidence. Now, what you're saying is how can we be confident that it's God's will? And we've said this a thousand times. We know that it's his will if it's based on Scripture, if it glorifies God, if it comes true that this is what God wants for us. We all have a different plan. God has set us in a race, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, It is different. Everybody has a different purpose and different reason Mm -hmm. why they're here. We all have the same purpose and to glorify God, but Mm -hmm. the way that we do it is differently. And so some of the things that we ask for may go against God's perfect plan. And we may not know it, but yeah, it's. And I think a lot of that, I was just thinking of a conversation I had with my niece not that long ago, just really digging into, you know, she was walking into a difficult situation and like focusing on this moment, you know, like we don't know, like mm-hmm. the God's will may be, you know, this, whatever, you know, blank today, but that doesn't, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what his will is tomorrow. You know, like that's where I think there's that mm-hmm. mystery of the unknown of, you know, walking in these moments. And I think that is one of the hardest things as humans is mm-hmm. the whole unknown. And I know you've spoken a lot on Exodus and, you know, being known in the unknown mm-hmm. and, 
And yeah, like I think that is one of the hardest things with his will and with prayer is like, okay, like this may be his will today, but we can't, like, we don't know what God has in the future. We don't know what Mm -hmm. he has tomorrow or in 10 years or, you know, whatever. And so it's being so focused on, not focused, but I think we also have eternal perspective in that regard, but I just mean not getting caught up in like, oh, you know, God's will today is this. So that means it's forever going to be that will. And it's like, well, no, like. I think that the, yeah, I think the issue is that we get caught up on the journey and that is our walk with God. We are so concentrated on should I do this? Should I go that way? Should I do this? Should should this happen? Should not happen? The overall arching umbrella of God's will is that, that everything that we do bring glory to God. That's the bottom line. Everything that we do represents the king. We have two kingdoms here. Can we you, have the world's kingdom, and we have God's kingdom. And so everything that we do, what we should do if we were perfect, but we're not, but the overall arching of God's will is that we glorify him. Can you quickly that, explain glorify, what that means? I think glorifying God is one of those Christian terms that, like, can you quickly explain, like, what does that mean to glorify God or to bring to glory glorify to glorify God? God means to highlight God. It means that this is all about God. This mean, It means that God's presence is this. This tells you something about God. Um, I think that when we're talking about should we go somewhere, should we go to a certain college, where our prayer should be, God, what would best glorify you? Where, you know the whole future. You know what I'm going to be like when I'm in four years in college. Where should I go? that you know that will be the best place for me to glorify you. Mm-hmm. And, and God will give you that peace, won't give me a peace for you to have that. It's a personal relationship. Right. I think to glorify God means to uh, do exactly what Jesus said. I came to show you the Father. I came to show you God. So I think when we're praying for God's will and praying over what we should do or shouldn't do, we have to understand and put the umbrella over that and say, God, what would best glorify you? Then I also, what is best that would keep me close to you? Mm. How can I know that whatever I'm doing, because you know what the journey is going to be like, and you're going to know the temptation way before I know. You you know, there's no temptation taken. God's not already provided a way of an escape. So God, you know this life, and you know this situation that I'm in, and you know whether or not this is going to draw me closer to you or further from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as prideful as we can be, will always say, oh, I know I can handle that. Oh, no, you know, I will never be tempted in that way. But we can be, and we are, you know, often are. And I think that one of the things, the conclusion of John 1, 5 says, you know, little children, guard yourself from idols. And I think that that's one of the hardest things because idols— what that is, is anything that is more important mm-hmm. to me than God. When well, we talked about anything. that not that long ago where my counselor pointed out an idol to me, and it was a good thing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I know we've talked about this recently where, yeah, that is something that's really important. And I think idols can be emotions. It can be situations. It can mm-hmm. be, you know, our past. I mean, that you know, like a, it's not just a person or a thing, you know. Mm-mm. I think that anything that keeps me from God mm-hmm. or anything that I love more than God is an idol. And and I think that for us, you know, as we're, you know, wrapping up first John and thinking about 
all of these things of loving God, again, going back to the fact that we want to show the world that we love God, but we don't want to be of the world. And I think that that's really hard. You know, I've said this so many times about, you know, the Israelites getting out of Egypt. It was easier for Moses to get the Israelites out of Egypt than it was getting Egypt out of the Israelites. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things they that— they still wanted that. Right. That, that was one of the things that was so, like, shocking to me is when, you know, my counselor was like, this, basically, like, pain. Pain was an idol, you know, because I, I was so— mm-hmm. I mean, I was in pain. Obviously, that was not a bad thing. But it, I was so hyper-focused on my pain. It was coming between the Lord and I. It was— my pain and understanding my pain and being healed from my pain was way more important than— my relationship with the Lord, which is like so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I had never thought, I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. But you no, know, I think this is so sweet about, you know, John and always wanting to remind us that sweet. God loves us. He is. And he's, you know, really does deal with so much of the intimacy with the Lord. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I really love John, the Gospel of John and first, second, third John, um, because. For me, for so many years, the intimacy with the Lord was so far away. I, I mean, I tried to live the Christian life, and it didn't make me love right. Jesus. Well, it's like that goes back to I think only Jesus can make him, make you love Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit. I think the more that we surrender, and, and of course we do that through the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying any flesh can do that. But the more that we allow the Holy Spirit in us to surrender our lives to God, the more that we do it one step at a time, then I think we'll take another step and we'll take another step. And I think that that's one of the things I love about John too is because he does deal with the different levels. You don't just start out immediately surrendering and wanting to surrender, but as you walk with God and if you begin to have intimacy with Him and begin to love Him, Mm -hmm. you'll want to uh, surrender Mm -hmm. because you love Him and Mm -hmm. because you know Him. And I think that's definitely the message that John wants to say. Mm-hmm. Because of God's love for you and what God has done for you, and if you think God doesn't love you, look at the cross. That was a lot. And the cross is a great example of, yes, we've been forgiven, but it's it's an example of love and that God so loved that he gave his son. And I think that's one of the sweetest things about John is he felt loved by God, and he was intimate, and he wanted all of God's children to feel loved and valued and accepted. And it, once we do feel loved by God and accepted by Him unconditionally, which is hard for us, then the more that we fall in love with Him, the more we will want to submit and glorify Him and not ourselves. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.